Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Happy International Women's Day! Oh, I love you, mate. Oh, I oh, love you too. It's nice to have a day of our own, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, there was a lot of chat going on online this morning saying, why don't men have a day? And men do have a day. International Men's Day is in November, but I've just seen something classic coming out of Lorraine's mouth on ITV. She was like, the reason that we have a day and that everybody knows about it is because we're better at organising than the men. <laughs> like, that's excellent. We've just done a really good job at organising our day. Yes. That is brilliant. And also, oh. you know what? Like there's been, you know, where there's still a huge gender pay gap and there's still like a lot of inequality um, for women. So I guess we do need our day and we need to shout loud about it um, because it's kind of, of men's do. day every day in lots of areas, which is really annoying that we're still here. <laughs> My <laughs> husband will say, we we'll tell you that. <laughs> well, listen, before we got into the main chat today, we just wanted to send a little bit of love to all the special women in our lives the ones that listen to the podcast week after week and to the girls that we're raising as well um you know we hope you have a magical day it's our day first of all it was tenerife and now (laughs) it's another weekend away how was your glorious weekend with your mama for her birthday oh it's so nice do you know what i do actually feel quite a lot of pressure as an only child um And and most of you know most of the times it's really positive and it's great being an only child, but when you take on the pressure and like I'm fully aware it's my mum's sixtieth and it's all down to me. So yeah. um, obviously we went on holiday last week and this weekend we've been at Soho Farmhouse and I was so happy to be able to take her there with my dad and it was just lovely. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel feel the only child pressure. When the only it comes child to pressure. Birthdays and anniversaries. Because when there's two of you, you just tag team, right? Exactly. So like, I don't. I, I mean, and my mum doesn't live here, so I can't really remember the last time I got her a present or a card. And she never really. I know that sounds like a terrible. Like if she was no, here, it I would make a big it fuss doesn't. of her. But yeah. it, if you post anything to Kenya, it takes about six yeah. years to get there, and then it's exactly. too late. So yeah, and you no. get quality time with her when you go there, yeah. don't you? And you know yeah. what? Like, I actually don't make a huge deal out of birthdays, like with my mum and dad, really, because I see them a lot. We you know we do things together quite often. 
but when it like it's the 60th and I feel like I'm a proper yeah, grown no, up now <laughs> yeah yeah you so are I feel like I really did have to do yeah I had to do something but she said to me she was like do you know what though George all I care about is um being with Axel and Gigi so I was literally like oh. great so I could have taken you to Butlins then with Axel and Gigi <laughs> um and I've just done all this so brilliant <laughs> thanks that's so nice that she thinks that though you are super lucky your mum is gold she's a wonderful person so yeah, yeah I'm glad you're a nice weekend away um we did yeah oh well big news yeah we won best podcast oh my gosh and I was there picking up the award for us and it was such a special evening and we like thank you to everybody listening for making it happen because it's obviously voted for by you guys and George and I don't do this podcast for awards but it was so lovely to get the nod it was such a special evening to meet so many inspiring people I took Dozer along as a bit of arm candy (laughs) and he was working the room with like 200 other women and he loved it (laughs) no do you know what though it's actually so nice um that you know we had people vote for us because that's yeah. that's, that's important like we did we won a, an award a few years ago um in the, in the the podcast awards and we were pretty new then yeah. and so that was we a, a listener vote and i think a listener vote feels really special so thank you guys thank thanks you so very much that. we are sticking yeah. around we're not going anywhere no we're not <laughs> um so we did that and then I went out and got really <laughs> drunk at my friend's 40th and we stayed in a little hotel in London and so hang on a minute you're going on, on at me like oh no, no. I'm just off another weekend you've been skiing and now you're having a night in a hotel you're having a what do they call it a dirty weekend away <laughs> is, that, is that what they call it I hate they call it George. That. I hate that but yeah so you had a dirty weekend away I was playing the stripping music. No, it wasn't like that. I passed out in bed at about two o'clock in the morning and had to go and present my radio show the next day. But still, we had a good time. It was really nice. Really, really nice. Um, Listen, let's get into today's chat. Such a lovely conversation with um, a really interesting character, actually. Somebody who kind of people will sort of know the name Definitely. from her fashion days yeah. and she's got you know a very well-known sister as well um, and yeah. but she's really like st- sort of a, a standalone talent in her right I mean mm-hmm. she was working for Alexander McQueen she set up her own fashion label with her sister 2812 in her 20s and she's had a really interesting journey of becoming a stepmom and then kind of having to juggle this massive career and looking after loads of kids at the same time yeah and you know what like you say I, I know her for 2812 and you know her various fashion collaborations but until we knew that she was coming on the podcast I didn't realize that you know she'd become a mother and a stepmother so young and still yeah. achieved so much in her career which is mm. it's incredible um mm. and it was definitely something we wanted to chat to her about so really pleased that we managed to get her on yeah and me who are we chatting to today george today in case you haven't guessed we are chatting to savannah miller So welcome to Tuesday's episode of the podcast. We are so excited to sit down and chat to this incredible woman today. Um, Somebody who both George and I have followed in the fashion world for a very long time. In fact, I haven't said this to her yet, but my favourite suit in my wardrobe still and always ever will be is like a baby pink uh, short suit from 2812. So I have been a massive fan of her for a really long time. Uh, She's got three amazing kids, a stepson. She lives in the middle of the countryside, spends her time in London, New York fashion. We're going to talk everything today. It's 
Savannah Miller. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. No, it's such a it's a, such a joy and delight, and it's my favourite subject. So I'll talk about it all day long. Try shutting me up. We always start the podcast off by asking our guests how they are because we've obviously come out of you know two years of being in lockdown and the pandemic, and then obviously everything that's going on at the moment in uh, Ukraine. So like, mm. how how are you feeling? How are you getting on? Glad I don't live in Ukraine. Desperately, desperately sad for the situation. Yeah. Um, it's been a really full on time actually because my father-in-law passed away at the beginning of February and he was very ill so So we've had a we've had a pretty full-on winter over here but you know for the most part like I said my kids are all healthy and well you know we're not in floods and there's so much crazy Mm. yeah terrible things going on in the world with with the environment and the global war situation that I just yeah. I just feel very very lucky to be honest to be living in the countryside with my kids and well are your yeah. are your kids um talking to you about what's going on you know in Russia and Ukraine are they asking questions yeah my eldest son is 17 and he is very kind of he's just recently discovered news widgets and things and so he's been right. doing a lot more kind of mum have you heard about this have you heard about that and I have to say to him look it's really important to be informed but he ha- he has a tendency to get quite you know anxious he's very sensitive so mm. it's just about finding the balance between remaining informed and not flooding yourself to the point where you are going to explode because it's all yeah. so overwhelming it's mm. just coming at you from every direction when they're that much older yeah we were having a conversation um on another podcast um where we were sort of saying that in you know when we were kids we didn't have access to 24 hour news and now you know our children and teenagers can literally access so much information that we would never have had before which is a great thing in so many ways but also like you say if they you know tend to be anxious or you know tend to take on you know lots of information and find it hard to process is not always a good thing and you kind of have to yeah try and shelter them in some ways I guess yeah it's the way of the world generally though isn't it because actually it's probably the cause of all of that Mm. stress this constant information overload and actually if we remove the devices then they can't do that they can go play football they can go for a bike ride they can go see their mates whatever it's not that constant flying yeah. at you imagery that's that is really I mean I as an adult find it really yes. hard to manage yeah I put yeah. my phone away my favorite holiday was going to Scotland where there was no wi-fi and no tv or phone signal at the house we mm. stayed in and it was yeah. literally four days of like oh yeah remember who I am because I'm not getting constantly yeah. interrupted by something on my phone and it was extraordinary. It's always scary, isn't it, when your when your phone flashes up and it's your screen screen time report and it goes like mine did it yesterday and it was like your screen time is up one hundred and twenty percent. You've been staring yeah. at your phone for seven and a half hours a day, and I'm like, oh my gosh, who mm. am I? So it's an awful realization that we spend that amount of time, like you said, when you get an escape from it, it's bliss. You really feel it. Yeah, mm. it's the daily pickups that the scare is the scariest for me. What is in like? Oh, what is that? I don't think I've seen that. Which is, they say, how many times do you pick up your phone? Oh my gosh, I can't. I really can't. On the parenting tip side of things, I've actually got my kids all in my phone so I can control their screen time via my phone. 
which is really, really useful. Is that an app or something? No, it's just in iPhone settings, other phones are available, where you... (laughs) You don't need to say that on this podcast. (laughs) I have like family sharing on my system, so I can control how much time they're using different apps. And if they've been on their phones for over a certain amount of time, their phones just shut down. And they can do texting and they can do phoning. So obviously they're emergency stuff. And And we have a pre-arranged time limit. So it's like, how much time do you think it is reasonable that you spend on TikTok every day? And my daughter's like, mm, 10. An hour. Like, oh, I think maybe half an hour is enough. And really, if I leave it to her, I leave her to her devices, she'll be on there for four hours because really? it's so such a huge dopamine hit. And then nothing else is exciting. Like I can try to be watching something on the telly that I'm really into. Mm. And then every, I reckon, 15 or 20 seconds, I can be getting into this weird, like, Robotic Instagram down, then I bit down, then horrible, isn't it? It's horrible. Listen, before we kind of get into your parenting tips, because I think you're going to have quite a few up your sleeve because you've got older <laughs> kids, so you're going to be telling us what ours are going to be turning into when they're teenagers. <laughs> yes. um, let's take you back to your kind of mm, parenting journey and when it started mm-hmm. with your stepson. If you can take us back to, I think you were about 23, weren't you? I was. I was, well, I was actually 22 when I first met my ex husband, and he had a seven, eight year old. And he had full custody of the said lovely Java. And we we raised him together. So it wasn't like a regular step-parent arrangement where you would have them coming and going and you don't have a chance to really build a re- relationship. We had him all the time. So straight away from the age of 23, I was a mum, which was, I mean, extraordinary. I met Nick the year before I finished university. So I literally never had an adult life without children in it. Wow. Yeah. But I always wanted to be a mum. So You did. Yeah, I really did. I really did. I used to say from the age of 15, I want to have a baby. I want to have a baby. And actually looking back, I wonder if that's because I came from a divorced family and I was just trying to put the unit back together again and have Mm. something that was solid. Yeah. When you met your ex-husband and he sort of said, you know, I've got a son and he's, uh, did you say seven or eight? Um, Did it scare you in some ways? Because I think back to me at 23 and I thought I knew everything, but I obviously didn't. Um, And I don't know how I would have taken that on. How was yeah. it? I think I think it was a very romantic situation. I mean, they lived in Devon in a kind of eco hut that Nick had built and they had a dog and it was all like a fairy tale. And Java was always around. So it wasn't like I met Nick somewhere and then I met Java. Java was there when I met Nick. He was we were at a wedding at which which right. was being hosted at the place where he lived. So it was kind of always this sort of enchanting, magical and it was the antithesis of my life at the time because I was working for Alexander McQueen at the time in a very stressful I was his PA and I was literally tearing around the world after him and yeah. also very young to be doing that kind of a yeah. job yes and so and then I met these sort of fairy creatures in Devon and was just entranced by them and they were they are otherworldly both of them and it was just it was just a magical romantic time there wasn't a moment where you thought oh no like, I don't want to meet anyone that's got a kid or this isn't what I signed up for or no, how am I going to handle it you just jumped in with both feet I did actually. Yeah, amazing. And I yeah. guess was it like the opposite of the life you was li- you know living in your career, then coming back to this home life, which was yeah. you know you're suddenly a mum and you you know you're doing like lots of homely wholesome things, and then on the flip side you're whizzing around the world completely. And it, but the thing is, I really really identified with that way of living in my essence of who I really am. And I often found the stresses of the fashion industry to sort of be a bit jarring because it was just a little bit, it was very, it's very full on. And I am, I was raised in, a, in between London and the countryside anyway. So I always kind of felt that 
my happy times were not in London. They were mm. out roaming around in the countryside with my sister and my friends. And that was where my childhood was. So it was kind of, yeah, it was always something that was really calling me to have a, a more kind of countryside life. And then how did you take on that role? And and what, I guess, has it given you sort of looking back on that time? And, and talk, talk to us about the sort of highs and lows of being a step-parent. Well, I was, a, I have a step-mum so, right. who I really respect and admire enormously, Kelly Hoppen. She oh, was very amazing. involved in our mm. upbringing and she has been my mentor for my whole working life. I mean, I always call her when I've got business decisions to make or conflicts or things I need to resolve or I'm at a path crossroads. And so I knew deep down in my heart how beneficial having a step-parent can be. And also Java's mum wasn't around. So it was much easier for me to slide into that role because Mm, there wasn't another woman kind of feeling like I was stepping on her. It's very intensely you're protective of your young aren't you in a, in a way and I and I and I didn't really have to deal with that so that was really helpful basically what I did for him I was so young I just didn't really know what to yeah. do so I just used to buy him lots of clothes <laughs> <laughs> a great step up restaurants and then you know when I met them they were living in this hut in the in the woods and they lived in a truck in the summertime and we would just drive around it was all really kind of crazy that sounds cool but this little boy, I think he just wanted to have a kind of normal house like his mates at school. And, you know, so kind of a little bit more routine was introduced, which is kind of normal mum stuff, isn't it? And mm, yeah. and then within a year, I was pregnant with his brother. So then he had siblings, which was just magical for him. Mm. Yeah. And that, and that's a funny that's a funny time as well, because I'm a stepmom, Savannah, and I, I love it. I love being a step parent. Like I think my role to Isla and the, our relationship is is we're so deeply connected on such an intense level, but it's, you know, I'm not her mum. She has an amazing mum and I'm really respectful of that. And but even this morning, you know, it's well book day today, but Isla woke up with us because she comes to us week on, week off. And I was very aware that her mum had sent the outfit and, you know, I got her ready and did the eyeliner. She was dressed as an Egyptian. And, her, and then I was like, right, I need to send a picture straight to her mum so that her mum can put it on social media. For like, I'm always learning and thinking about how not to... Well, I guess just to, to make life easier and so that, you know, her mum doesn't ever feel that I'm trying to step on her toes or trying to upset anybody. You know, I'm just really aware of it. But also learning how to love unconditionally somebody else's child. You know, we've got two of our own and they're all brothers and sisters. And I try and really think about what that love is. I find it really freeing and I find it it's the biggest growth I've ever done, I think. Yeah, it's definitely challenging, isn't it? Because obviously, yeah. well, maybe not obviously, but for me, when I gave birth to my first son, I was, I've never experienced a love like that. I, and I know it's a hormonal interplay and everything that goes on there, but it floored me. And I, mm. it, that kind of love is primal, instinctual love mm. that it's not possible to just be like, I want to feel that way about my stepchild. And I've grown to feel that way about him over time. But the instantaneous flooding was, was, was just totally caught me by surprise. Um, and my, my children do consider him to be their full brother and they don't even, there's no kind of, he's our stepbrother or he's our half brother. It's in fact, he's their half brother. Mm. Um, he's very much a part of our family. Yeah, that's great. And how were, you know, how were the sort of early days of being a new parent to a newborn for you when you had, you know, an eight year old, but you're equally going through the newborn stage for the first time? Well, bizarrely, my kids did it all in the wrong order. So, you know, you're supposed to have the first one's meant to be really hard and then it gets better and better. Mm. Mine did it the other way around. So Moses (laughs) was a total dream. 
he literally never cried. He slept. He was just happy to lie on the floor. And I remember being in an NCT group and these mums coming around and they literally looked completely fried and their hair, they were like pulling their hair out. They were all covered in muslins. And I'm like, I don't even know what these are for. What are these for? He never <laughs> wow. was sick. It was ridiculous. Cut to baby three who had chronic reflux and could never be put down oh at gosh. all because yeah. she was like tipping a glass of water over. She would just, it would all come out. Yeah. So I got my comeuppance. But That's why you had two more. The newborn who was super easy was, we just sort of slung him under our arm and carried on what we were doing. And I guess being mm. so much younger, we didn't have this kind of, we must put him in a routine. We must yeah. have a monitor. We lived in a tiny little cottage and it was just, he just rolled on with our with our drill really. How did you enjoy being pregnant? And what, was your, what, what were your labours like? Were they different from child to child? The first time was, I didn't show till I was about six months because... I was so young and obviously still had abs. They've long gone. <laughs> <laughs> I had had, my mum had had a cancer scare when I was 10 and their pa- my parents had been divorcing at the same time. So I'd spent a lot of time in hospital with my mum during that very stressful family time anyway. So I never really associated hospitals with a place where I could relax, let go, all the things you need to do in labour. And my husband, being a very kind of outdoorsy wild man, was very much like, we'll just have the baby at home. He had delivered Java himself in Canada in a up a mountain somewhere without a midwife even. I mean, he's, wow. he's radical this guy. Wow. So we then started to look into the whole home birthing and I did hypnobirthing and everything. And, and miraculously, you know, he was 10 days overdue and they were really banging on the door saying, we need to get you induced now and everything. <clears throat> and I just went for it with all kinds of acupuncture and I yeah. threw all the stuff at it you can yeah. taking some funny witchy herb from somewhere and walking up and down the stairs like a mad person <laughs> yeah. yeah I went into labor spontaneously thank god and he was born at home I had a water pool in the house wow for your first time that's, that's yeah, pretty incredible Savannah probably a little mental because no. we lived in the middle very very in the middle of nowhere and that you know but actually it was so beautiful I had a candlelit, lovely, you know, it was dreamy. I felt, feel very, very blessed to have had first birth like that. It was long. It was 30 hours long. And what about the other births? Were they the same or? They were all at home. I was really oh, lucky. wowzers. And I did a lot of, you know, a lot of, um, I have got good hips, guys. And I, and I, <laughs> and I did this hip What's good about them? What's good about them? The big hips. Shakira. Oh, the, the Shakira hips. Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> And uh, yeah, the second one was more of a normal labour, was more sort of like eight hours. And then the third one was like a bullet from a gun. Oh, really? This was not a fun experience because by that point, it's a road well travelled. And (laughs) (laughs) the midwife came in when I, it was about about 7pm, I put the kids to bed and I'd had this thing where the midwife had said to me early on in the pregnancy, oh, third babies, you think you know labour? Your third baby will come. You'll think you're in labour, but you're not. It's just tricking you. And I, it just really stuck in my head. You know how sometimes when you're mm. pregnant, people tell you something and for some reason you just cannot shift it out of mm. your head. Yeah. So I had this in my mind. So then when I did go into labour, I was like, no, it's not labour. It's not real. Yeah, I just refused to believe that I was in labour because this midwife told me this. And then at half past 10, my husband was like, honey, you are definitely in labour. I am calling the midwife. So I was like, okay, fine. But I'm telling you, she's going to tell me that it's nothing and she's going she's gonna to go away. So she rocks up at 10 to 11 and she's like, yeah, you're just in early stages of labour. And I was like, oh, my God, why did we call her? This is annoying. Um, And then she went into the kitchen to make a cup of tea, came back five minutes later and was like, oh, actually, you're pushing. I think you better take trousers off. (gasps) Really? So oh that my was gosh. my third birth and then and then just very quickly she I had to, I mean without going into too much detail I had to like hold her 
prevent the bullet. It was mad. Wow. Oh my God. goodness. They, she actually had the cord around her neck twice and two knots in it. So that was really quite frightening because, you know, you'd, it, anything could have happened. I happen to have very long umbilical cords for some weird reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she could have had a nasty time. And that child, literally, you know when your babies are born and they cry a little bit and then they look mm. at you and wonder, and like, oh, you're my parents, hi. Mm. She didn't do that. She just screamed for three hours, which was oh really quite terrifying. <laughs> You've just given yeah. birth. Mm. We'll be right back after this short break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now where were we? You mentioned she had reflux. So with that, so did it just continue from there? And how how did you discover that she had reflux? Because I think for so many parents, especially if you haven't had other babies to compare it to, you think it's normal. You think, oh, you know, it's just what babies do. They're just crying. How did you realize that there was a problem? Well, apart from anything else, she was violently sick all the time. Mm. So it wasn't silent reflux. It was very much like this child hasn't got developed her esophagus so she's Mm. she just literally cannot keep food down we had to keep her upright the whole time Mm. and basically she had to be on me the whole time um and I remember after six weeks my stepson's girlfriend's mum random was a GP and she came to pick her up one day and she looked at me and she went you know you don't have to be doing this doesn't have to be like this have you thought about going to the GP and I, I was sort of you know miss natural mother whiffing the lavender and uh and, and I thought, actually, do you know what? That's a really good idea. And I, w- I walked into the GP and just burst into tears. And she was like, okay, time for infant Gaviscon. And I literally, for the first time, and since that child had been born, I think she was like six, seven weeks old, was able to put her down and yeah. walk away and look at my baby and be like, oh, there you are. And she wasn't tense and crunched up in pain and writhing. She just looked at us and we were just both like, Oh, God, thank God. that was big that was a big thing yeah. to have gone through plus you got two little ones you know they were six and three the other two did you have to put her on any other medication or did the infant gaviscon do the trick the infant gaviscon did the trick i don't think they use it anymore these days but um i think i used do. it with my son yeah, yes we, yeah. same. I, and actually my daughter both of them and actually it's one of the things that i tell so many of my friends when they have a newborn like just try it when you're a parent and your child is really distressed you will yeah. literally go to the end of the earth to, to rectify yeah, you think yeah, I can't wait for a GP appointment. I need to get this sorted. Do you know what? Um, our, my 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 youngest, well, my son Kit, he had such bad reflux that we had to put him on a meprazole. It feels like a lifetime ago now, but yeah. basically, I had the same reality as you. Where I, uh, what you remember that time, George, where it was yeah. like 
we just couldn't thing. nine weeks of it and it was it was hell he couldn't sleep on his back he couldn't travel in the car he wouldn't sleep in his cot on his back I had to basically hold him like this and then it was literally like you know I gave him these um to sort of like we had to crumble up the tablets and put them in a little bit of liquid and then give them to him and it was virtually overnight it was just the crying just stopped and you could oh. just see him easing out I was like oh my god but it was hell and anybody that's in it you yeah. sometimes go to a GP reflux is awful because they're like oh it's just their esophaguses you know they're just opening them up and getting the mucus they out and you're like this is, not, yeah. this is not what it is no no completely and it seems to be more and more and more prevalent these days with all these different allergies that are coming up incidentally when my child was about three we went round to my sister's house and Marlo was my sister's child Marlo was drinking um, some juice out of a bottle and Barley looked at it and she went oh I used to have those and it used to make my tummy really hurt oh wow, wow. really oh you poor little thing she's obviously traumatized oh my god yeah, yeah. Remember remembers that. it yeah anyway yeah. she's fine now we took her off dairy actually by the time she was eight it had re- rectified itself but it's a long old haul well so is she back on dairy now or she's not, she, she has it, it now and again. She won't drink a glass of milk. No, neither she will gets quite. She still gets reflux. She'll still get, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting because I, it's so weird, but I don't drink, I couldn't drink a glass of milk. I don't have butter. I don't have cream. I hate all those things. And I just always thought it was just because I just didn't like them. And I was talking to my mum about it recently and she was like, yeah, um, we kind of, you know, I stopped breastfeeding because I used to drink, I used to eat and drink so much dairy. And now she looks back, she's like, it's probably, you were probably allergic to it. We just didn't know what that was. And now Mm. it's instinctive in your brain that you just don't like those things. Mm. Um, But again, we didn't know, I don't think people really looked at that like 30 or 20 years ago didn't no. they? they just oh. they're just like oh no the baby's just crying that's give it. a bit of whiskey <laughs> yeah give them a little whiskey. whiskey yeah it'll be fine <laughs> oh that's a good tactic never tried that one yeah well <laughs> me neither but I think my mum used to do it quite a lot to me um, yeah, Savannah let's talk about your career and can we talk can we talk about sort of trying to navigate motherhood around having such a successful career because you really do kind of split your time between you know London you're designing for Debenhams you've got you know all of these massive things going on in your life and I and I just kind of want to I guess find out how you've juggled it all to be honest I don't know I look back and I'm just like how on earth are you still standing? Because it's not clever. But when you're young, you're like, I need to do everything. And I'm a bit of a control freak. So I would insist on like home baking the birthday cake whilst and then going to a meeting and then breastfeeding all night. And it's like, you're not getting a prize. You're just getting really tired and becoming unpleasant to be around. Yeah. And now in my older life, I'm just like, I don't know what I was thinking. Mm, who, yeah. who was I trying to impress? I just became really unpleasant, you know, snappy, impatient, all of those things. Obviously, everyone gives their, themselves a hard time. We all want to be better parents. But I was, you know, genuinely like, honestly, the kid would much rather you bought them a cake and you were actually there and present. Yeah. <laughs> you know, making this perfect thing that becomes the cause of so much stress. Do you think that's something that you've learned actually through your parenting journey? Because I feel like I'm learning this to kind of, you can't be everything to all people. And, you know, if your career is going really well, then probably there's going to be other things in your life, whether it's your social life or, you know, your home life or whatever it is, it's going to suffer slightly. And this Mm. constant balancing thing that we're trying to do Mm. is actually quite impossible. It's totally impossible. I'd love to be like, yeah, of course you can. You can do everything. But 
I'm still trying to find someone that's like, yeah, I can. And it's absolutely fine. No, it's most an illusion. People, yeah. yeah. And also you spread yourself too thin and then nothing's done well enough. And that's just a kind of, that's every working mother's situation. It's like, if you're doing really well at work, like you say, inevitably, you've not been at school pickup for a few days. And it's all of that. And it's really, really hard to justify. But I think delegating is really important and not mm. feeling like you've got to do it all like my daughter was like I want to be the mad hatter for world book day today and I said okay well I could make you this thing and she just went on the internet she was like I want this polyester piece of nonsense thanks so I was like mm, tick Ooh. sit there for four two days sewing this elaborate thing that she's not even gonna like anyway yeah I, I know what you mean I know what you mean and also it's fine if they wear the same one again the second like someone made a comment one of like, like passive aggressive mum comment at the gates being like oh didn't Kit go as Batman last year I was like, yeah, he fucking What's did. What's the point? Yeah, because it's I the same outfit. I think women have to hold each other up. I find it extraordinary, that kind of thing. My son went in a football mm. kit that he probably wore to football club on Monday and he's wearing it again at World Book Day because I'm just not going to argue. I mean, who who are we trying to impress? That's the thing, isn't Precisely. it? The kids in the playground really don't care whether you're wearing your school uniform or you're wearing like some exactly. beautifully handcrafted costume. It's, exactly. it's, it's us. It's like we're, it's almost like we're competing against the other parents. The kids don't care yeah. at all. No, not and I think that that's a really good point and that women need to really pay attention to that because we really need support from one another. Takes mm. a village, right? I really yeah. miss that. I wish I lived in a community where I had my aunts, my sisters, my uncles, my mum mm. just around so I could like share some of this load. It's not natural to be trying to do it all and work. Mm. And as much as men, you can't generalise about this. And I think women have really stepped up to match. You know, we're not doing the traditional stay-at-home mum thing anymore. We are mm. going out working as much as men. And yet we still seem to end up with all of the home stuff on our plate like have we run out of toothpaste or mm. you know oh dear so-and-so's lost their so-and-so kit or it's so-and-so's birthday next weekend how is that all still i know i'm generalizing but it no no no. you're right you're absolutely right george and i discuss it all the time we have constant Mm. conversations about if you sat our partners down and said to them you know what's your load outside of work i don't think that they would be able to put one thing in a column and if you ask us what is your load outside of work the list just goes on and on and that's not me being a martyr i wish that i could split it more is that your list anyone listening right (laughs) I, I i actually wrote this list once and i'm holding it for the next argument with my husband i literally wrote down all of my like things that I do outside of my outside of my two jobs um and I'm just re- I'm just waiting to to just send it to him I actually forward it to friends as well so oh, that if they're having it, these conversations <laughs> George is trumping she she wants to trump you so Savannah however tired you are right George's <laughs> list is longer tell us what's going on with fashion and the the brand and the designing and all that kind of stuff cause... well my bridal business because we've had lockdown has gone kind of mental because everybody wants to get married now um so that's wonderful and we've started doing bespoke which I absolutely love because it means I get to work one-on-one with the bride which I've never had before wow. I've had it bits of that, but this yeah, in the next 18 months we've got 10 I think um so that's wonderful because it's very hands-on and I get to be yeah. really creative again and are you getting married am I am I and um incidentally my new partner loves being a step parent because he doesn't have any kids of his own so he just mm. is just 
so delighted to find himself in this big bustly family so really really lovely oh that's brilliant Um, and then I'm also working for Next I design a collection for Next which includes all sort of women's wear and underwear and pajamas and swim and beach and all of this and that's really super fun as well the juggle is real but but I love it I love my job and I love being a mum and I wouldn't like to have just one or the other so it is hard but I, I wouldn't have it any other way and who's designing your wedding dress? Me, oh, <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you've gone, yeah, Victoria Beckham's doing it, actually. Never done that go and try on other dresses thing. I should probably mm-hmm. do it anyway, just for kicks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely. should take the photos oh, and send them across. Get away to us. with it. Yeah. How exciting. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Before we say goodbye to you, though, we just want to ask you a couple more questions. Uh, one is the best piece of parenting advice that you've ever been given or the advice you'd give a new parent. Well, for me, it's obviously a little bit more applicable to older children now that they're sort of emotionally evolving and having a having you know their own challenges in life so I somebody once said to me stay in your own lane and basically what they meant by that was you can't fix other people's problems imagine you're in a running race and you've got all the lanes in front of you and all the hurdles in front of you everybody's got their own lane and their own hurdles that they have to jump over you can lean over and hold somebody's hand and help them over a hurdle Mm -hmm. you cannot jump the hurdle for them and it just really helped me to feel like oh yeah I don't need to fix everything for everyone because actually yeah. life's giant journey is, you know, you, as long as you can be loving and supporting there for your children at all times, they need to go through this stuff because we can't protect them from everything. And it is what will build them into the people that they need to be. That life yeah. experience, as hard as it is as a parent to watch your kid going through something difficult. And another thing that I find really amazing is the love languages thing, because yes. it really oh, applies yeah. to my kids. They are all quality time people. So I try to spend half an hour each day, if I can, with individually with them at bedtime. So because they will go to bed at different times because they're different ages, obviously. So just uh, kind of playing a little game, or you know, the big like bonds play backgammon, and they want to play cards, and or yeah, just kind of chatting, lovely. and or just hanging out with them while they watch TV, but just me and them. So they get that one on one intimate time, and they really soften in that time, and they're just kind of all the day washes away, and we we giggle, and it's really playful and. Obviously, sometimes I'm knackered and I just pass out on their beds, but you know. <laughs> we also love to hear like product suggestions, but I guess with older children, you've mentioned like your iPhone hack where you can um, yeah. track their screen time. Have you got any other like tips and tricks or products that you love? Wine. <laughs> yes, wine. <laughs> oh yeah, wine, amazing. <laughs> on tap for me so that I can manage. I'm only joking. Um, <laughs> I think the, the kids just being able to get outside and the, the keeping them away from the devices and trying to have that joined up family time. So we do try and play games now and again. We always sit down for dinner together. So they have this constant touch point with the family unit. Mm. Yeah, I bath every night in Aromatherapy Associates, bath oil and basil. And I, it's just literally my 20 minutes of the day and they come in and out. They just do. Sometimes they don't. But I just have that moment where I'm literally like decompression. And if you have young kids, you just can't do that. So I really value that time in the day. And it really sort of helps me to reset myself. But these days, my kids go to bed after me. Yes. Oh, gosh. That gives me the absolute fear. I feel like 6.30 comes around and I'm like, yes, kids are going to bed. And I cannot imagine them being awake. Hasn't it even begun for you yet? No, No, I'm dreading that as well. My youngest goes to bed at 8.45, 8.30. She just won't go to sleep before then. 
And sometimes even at nine, she's like, I'm not tired. I'm not tired. She's dancing around the house and it's like, Get tired quickly. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Good luck with everything. And we can't wait to see the wedding photos. Very excited for you. So lovely to speak to you, ladies. And thank you for including me. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. I just think she needs to bring back 2812 so that. Oh, I still wear that pink suit all the time. And I'll forever keep it in my wardrobe. Oh my God, it's amazing. It's just kind of never go. Like, such classic pieces. Such, like, she's really, really fantastic designer. And yeah, lovely, like, thoroughly lovely lady. Pieces that will be around forever. Because that whole, like, sort of laid back boho vibe, it's just never gone away, has it? And I actually really, I love love that look. And she's going to design her own wedding dress. I know. How, can you imagine being able to do that? I'd love to just be able to, you know, sometimes you have a picture in your head of something you want to wear and then you can't find it and then you just forget about it whereas savannah can literally be like oh want to wear this sketch it up get it made design it wear it (sighs) to be talented like that we'll be doing that (laughs) before you know it it'll be fine we're bringing out a range of jumpers we're gonna have our evening wear this is just me evangelizing here it's not and nothing's been signed um um, yeah thank you massive thanks to savannah and thank you guys for listening as always it's always a real treat to come here especially after our win on uh, saturday night so we're over the moon about that and as always we would love you to rate review subscribe and give the podcast a little follow yeah and please do tag us um so we can see when and where you're listening because we do actually really love it and we will share those stories on instagram um if you have any suggestions for guests you'd like to hear from our dms are open we're on at made by mamas on instagram and we'll be back on friday made by mamas is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the wonderful charlotte mason insanity group mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.